Good evening, my dear friends and curious souls. Welcome to Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast. My name, you may wonder? Just think of me as your old grandpa, spinning tales from a time long gone, and some from not-so-distant past. In my younger days, my grandkids would crowd around me, their eyes wide in anticipation or fear, eager for the evening's gruesome tales. Now I extend this tradition, this gift, to you. So, pull up a chair, stoke that fireside, and let the shadows dance on every corner of the room. Let's journey together into the heart of darkness, where we unmask the unseen, discover forbidden secrets, and unburden the forgotten tales of the past. So dim the lights, my friends, and let's delve into the mysteries that emerge only after dark on our wonderful, unnerving journey. Back in the later months of 2001, a peculiar event took place within the confines of our family home that to this day puzzles my wife and me. Our household was a sanctuary of joy, with our baby girl bringing endless laughter and warmth into our lives. She was just eight months old at the time, her world a cradle of innocence and discovery. On this particular day, my wife was the guardian of our domestic realm, tending to the varied tasks that stitched our daily lives together. Our daughter, who had drifted into a peaceful slumber, was gently placed in her baby cot, a haven of safety with its sidebars firmly locked in place. Assured that her nap would be undisturbed, my wife shifted her attention to the kitchen where chores awaited her commitment. Minutes ticked by in their usual rhythm until curiosity nudged my wife to glance once more upon our sleeping child. However, the scene that unfolded before her was one that defied explanation. Our daughter was no longer nestled within the confines of her cot, but was instead found several meters away on the floor, seemingly engrossed in play. The safety bar remained steadfastly locked, and no discernible sound had betrayed any movement. It was as if she had been gently plucked from her restful perch and placed upon the floor by unseen hands. Our home, sealed from the world with locked doors and guarded by two little poodles, who would surely have alerted us to any intruders, offered no logical explanation for this mysterious occurrence. It was an enigma that whispered of impossibilities, leaving us to wonder about the forces that might have breached our sphere of normalcy. Days after this bewildering incident, we decided to make alterations to our residence. The renovation involved removing a wall that separated the main house from an adjoining cottage, an unused space that promised additional amenities for our growing family. As evening draped its velvet cloak upon the day, I found myself standing in the passageway of the main house, my gaze extending through the newly created opening into the cottage beyond. There in the cottage bedroom, my wife engaged in light-hearted chatter with her mother. It was during this serene tableau that something, or someone, unexpected commanded my attention. A figure, distinctly outlined near the bedroom doorway, leaned nonchalantly against the frame. This apparition bore the visage of an older man, his features adorned with a beard, and his stature impressively tall. Curiously, I was not gripped by fear, but instead was drawn into a silent acknowledgement of this spectral presence. It seemed wholly absorbed in observing my wife and her mother, 
its stillness a stark contrast to the life flowing around it. In that fleeting moment, I recognized that I was in the company of a ghost. Mustering courage from within, I advanced towards the apparition, closing the distance until mere centimeters separated us. Crossing the threshold where the figure stood sent a shiver through me, a palpable chill that lingered in the air. With a few more steps, I joined my wife's side and turned back only to find that our ethereal visitor had vanished. The revelation of what I had witnessed naturally unsettled everyone present, and a tangible tension hung over us in the days that followed. In time, we relinquished our ties to that house and sought a new beginning elsewhere. Now, years have passed since those strange events, and our daughter has grown into a remarkable young girl of six. Her life seems graced by an extraordinary fortune, as if guided by some benevolent force. She possesses an uncanny prescience, foretelling gifts yet ungiven and events yet unfolded with astonishing accuracy. The question that lingers in our minds is whether this ghostly figure could have been responsible for moving our daughter from her cot that day. Could this spirit be linked to our family or the house itself? Since then, I have encountered more apparitions, each encounter as bewildering as the last. We've come to believe that there might be a guardian angel watching over our daughter, influencing her path with an unseen hand. Her successes and her prophetic insights seem to hint at a connection beyond our understanding, a thread woven between her spirit and that of another realm. I share these experiences with you now, seeking insights or explanations from those who may have tread similar paths or possess knowledge of such mysteries. Perhaps among your listeners are those who can shed light on these curious happenings or offer theories that could unravel the riddles that have become part of our family's lore. Dear podcast, I am writing to share with you a chilling encounter that has stayed with me for years, an experience that I believe was a brush with the paranormal. This event took place when I was 16 years old, a time when my world was much smaller, confined to the walls of my parents' home, some 12 miles away from where I currently reside. From my earliest memories, the ritual of reading has been my nightly companion, a gateway to dreams through the pages of countless books. On this particular night, nothing suggested it would be different from any other. The comforting glow of my lava lamp cast a soothing light in my room, providing just enough illumination for reading without hindering the arrival of sleep. The rest of the house was alive with the usual evening hum, the television's murmuring dialogue in the living room and scattered beams of light filtering under doorways until around 11 p.m. when I succumbed to slumber, book in lap and lamp still aglow. An important detail to note is that my bedroom door was in a state of disrepair at the time. A brick served as a makeshift stopper, positioned to prevent the door from being stirred by the casual drafts that would otherwise cause it to drift open. This seemingly insignificant fact would later assume great importance. Time became irrelevant as I slept, but it must have been several hours later when a disturbance plucked me from the depths of unconsciousness. The sound was unmistakable, the scrape of the brick against carpet as my bedroom door opened. Through barely parted eyelids, blurred by sleep, I strained to discern the identity of my nocturnal visitor. Initially, my mind, fogged by slumber, 
failed to recognize the dark silhouette framed in my doorway. Observation yielded more questions than answers. The house lay in uncharacteristic silence and darkness. My family had evidently retreated to their beds. Given their habit of late retirements, I deduced that it must have been well past midnight. Despite these nocturnal changes, my personal oasis remained undisturbed. The lava lamp continued its vigil, casting its dim but adequate light across my room. Logic dictated that any figure standing in my doorway should have been touched by this light, details illuminated for clarity. Yet paradoxically, the figure before me was cloaked in an inky blackness so profound it seemed to absorb all light, standing out against both the ambient glow of my room and the faint luminescence from the skylight behind it. The presence was imposing, towering to fill the entire frame of a standard doorway. Its dimensions exceeded those of any member of my household, its sheer bulk more reminiscent of a shadowy leviathan than a human intruder. A hand, large and undefined, rested on the doorknob while labored breathing filled the space between us. A sound of anger or exhaustion. The figure's focus appeared to be fixed upon me. I can assure you with unwavering certainty that I was not ensnared in the remnants of a dream. I was acutely awake. Evidence of my alertness was undeniable. A cold sensation, where my arm dangled over the bed's edge, and a conscious effort to employ an old trick learned in childhood, peering through my eyelashes to appear asleep while observing covertly. Curiously, no fear took root within me. Instead, an inexplicable calm enveloped my senses, as though this encounter warranted no alarm. With the figure still standing sentinel at my door, still breathing with that heavy cadence, I drifted back into sleep's embrace. Morning's light brought with it remembrance and reflection. Such an experience might be easily dismissed as a figment of imagination or a dream forgotten upon waking. However, ordinary dreams are fleeting, often erased by subsequent visions of the night. The immediate recollection of this encounter upon waking defied such dismissals. But what truly cemented the reality of this experience was a tangible change. Upon rising, I found my bedroom door closed, yet the brick had been moved, evidence that someone or something had indeed entered and then departed. This unsettling occurrence was not an isolated incident within my childhood home. Throughout my years there, I occasionally heard voices devoid of gender calling out to myself or my mother. My mother herself has witnessed appearances from my deceased uncle and felt his presence since I was young. While these experiences hinted at a realm beyond our understanding, never before had I gazed directly upon such an entity within those familiar walls until that night. This account is not only a narrative of an unexplained encounter, but also an invitation to explore the possibility that there are mysteries that lie just beyond the reach of our understanding. Thank you for allowing me to share this story with you and your listeners. Dear podcast team, I write to you today seeking insight on a matter that is as perplexing as it is distressing. The subject of my concern is my father, an octogenarian who, despite his advanced age, remains in admirable physical condition. 
Yet, he is tormented by experiences that defy conventional explanation and are dismissed by most as figments of an overactive imagination. But the reality he perceives is vivid and persistent, populated by spectral figures that frequent both his own apartment and my sister's house, where he often visits. These apparitions are not fleeting shadows or vague impressions. My father describes them in meticulous detail, their attire, hair color, and habitual movements within the confines of his home. They appear to be as real to him as any living person, save for their ghostly nature and the peculiar fact that they rarely acknowledge his presence, avoiding eye contact and remaining silent as they go about their spectral business. They linger in his space, settling on furniture like uninvited guests, contributing to a chilling ambiance. The situation escalated recently when my father, driven by desperation, resorted to casting holy water in the direction of these phantoms. Remarkably, this act seems to repel them, causing them to vanish momentarily from sight. In one particularly startling encounter, he confronted one of the ghosts directly, demanding it leave. To his astonishment and horror, the figure rushed past him and he felt a palpable breeze, the kind one would experience if a real person hurried by. These experiences are taking a toll on my father's well-being. He is adamant about the reality of these visitations and is deeply troubled by the skepticism that meets his claims. He insists on his sanity with a heart-wrenching earnestness that compels me to seek answers beyond the scope of modern medicine. Medical examinations have been thorough. His health has been scrutinized from every angle. Physical evaluations, brain scans, tests for neurological anomalies like strokes, all have yielded nothing out of the ordinary. My appeal to you is born out of a profound concern for my father and a hope that among your audience, there might be someone who has encountered a similar phenomenon or possesses knowledge on the subject. My family is at an impasse. Suggestions of psychiatric consultations are met with resistance from my father, who feels misunderstood and invalidated. In sharing this account with your listeners, I am reaching out into the vast expanse of collective experience and expertise that your platform provides. Perhaps there is wisdom in the crowd that can shed light on these mysterious occurrences. My father's story is not just a tale of ghosts. It is a narrative about the human condition, about our struggle to comprehend the incomprehensible and to find solace in the face of the inexplicable. It speaks to the need for empathy and understanding when reason falls short. If you choose to give voice to this story, maybe then we can bridge the gap between my father's experiences and our own understanding. Thank you for your time and consideration. The tale I'm about to unfold is one that weaves the threads of the supernatural with the fabric of our everyday lives. It's a story that began on an Easter evening, as the remnants of dinner still lingered in the air, and conversation around the table transitioned from mundane topics to the ethereal subject of ghosts. My mother, a pragmatic soul not known for flights of fancy, decided to share with us, and her friend Lisa, an experience that had haunted her for the past four years. It revolved around the anniversary of my grandfather's passing, a time you'd expect memories to resurface, but not like this. 
She began by recounting a strange occurrence within the familiar walls of our home. On one particular day, as she walked down the hallway, a chilling sight stopped her in her tracks. There, in our seldom-used living room, stood a figure devoid of a face, clad in tan khaki shirt and pants. The eeriness of the encounter was palpable as she retold it. The second sighting was no less unsettling. As my mother walked towards the garage on a mundane errand to dispose of a soda can, the same faceless figure appeared. Again dressed in tan khakis, its presence was undeniable. My mother whispered to herself in a mix of disbelief and recognition, I know I saw something there. Confiding these encounters to her brother, my uncle Bob, he offered an explanation as simple as it was surprising. Oh, that's dad. Skepticism must have shown on her face as she reminded him that our grandfather was never one to wear khakis, except for his brief stint in the army. But Uncle Bob clarified, pointing out that it was indeed my grandfather's work attire for his job at PP&L, Pennsylvania Power and Light. That uniform was his daily garb until his retirement in 1976. As if these apparitions weren't enough to stir the pot of family lore, my mother had yet another experience to share. While standing at the kitchen sink one day, she felt what seemed to be a familiar hand on her back. Expecting it to be my stepfather sneaking up for a playful scare, a common occurrence, she casually remarked about supper being prepared. Imagine her shock when she turned around only to find my stepfather just then entering through the back door. His face mirrored her alarm as he exclaimed, Jesus Christ, you look like you saw a ghost. These encounters with what we believe may be my grandfather's spirit have left an indelible mark on my mother's perception of the afterlife. Yet, they've also instilled in me a yearning, a hope that should my grandfather's spirit decide to visit again, I too might have the chance to witness his spectral presence as my mother did. As this tale is recounted for your listening ears, Imagine the vividness of each encounter and the stirring of emotions they evoked. Ponder on the possibility of loved ones reaching out from beyond, seeking to reassure us that they're still with us in some form or another. May this story linger with you as it has with us, a reminder of the thin veil between this world and the next. And so, I leave you with these recounted moments an offering to the collective consciousness of those who believe or seek to understand the mysteries that lie beyond our mortal grasp. Dear Podcast, I'm reaching out to share a series of eerie encounters that I experienced during my teenage years. Some might dismiss them as a string of coincidences, others might suggest practical jokes or mere imagination. But for me, these events were as real as they were horrifying, with each moment etched into my memory. I must warn you, this tale is not for the faint-hearted or those who dismiss the paranormal. It's a story that might unsettle you, one that I still struggle to comprehend. It all began on a typical evening at home. My mother and I had a disagreement, a trivial matter in hindsight, but at the time, it felt monumental. I insisted she leave my door open and the light on, pleading with the fervor only a teenager can muster. But as parents often do, she ignored my request. The door clicked shut and the room plunged into darkness. 
Tense and frustrated, I huddled under my blanket, simmering in my own anger. Without warning, my blanket was suddenly ripped away from me. I snatched it back, seeking comfort in its warmth, but then something struck my face with force. Startled and scared, I screamed until my little brother burst into the room. He was only 12, younger and usually oblivious to the tensions of teenage life. Yet when he saw the maroon handprint on my face, far larger than either of ours, his eyes widened in shock. We called for our mother, but her response was dismissive at best. She didn't believe in the supernatural and told me to quit the theatrics. The following day, as I sat in algebra class, an unsettling sensation crept over me. The walls of the classroom seemed to close in as I felt a distinct breath on my neck. Glancing upwards, I realized that the air vent was on the opposite side of the room. There was no logical explanation for what I was experiencing. That night, sleep embraced me despite my fears. But at precisely 1 a.m., I was jolted awake by an intense cold. My breath formed clouds in the air before me, a sight that seemed impossible indoors. The next moment was a blur of terror as my favorite stuffed animal was torn from my grasp. Tears streamed down my cheeks as suddenly, inexplicably, I felt sharp scratches along my arms as if from a fork. How a fork found its way to my bed remains a mystery to me. The next day, I concealed the wounds beneath a jacket for color guard practice, only to discover later that the scratches, which had bled so profusely, had vanished without leaving a single scar. The pattern repeated itself the following night. Again at 1 a.m. an icy chill enveloped me, and once more I could see my breath in the frigid air of my room. A glance to my side revealed an indentation on my bed, as if someone invisible lay beside me. In desperation, I covered myself with my blanket, only to have it yanked away yet again. Then, as if to taunt me further, something unseen began to play with my hair. Seeking answers, I turned to books on the supernatural and found unsettling coincidences with my situation. Poltergeists often focused their activity on one person. They typically manifested around individuals aged between 10 and 20 years, and their chosen person was often experiencing intense emotions such as sadness or anger, emotions that were all too familiar to me at that time. As I recount these experiences to you now, they seem as vivid as if they occurred yesterday. Each detail remains clear in my mind, from the unexpected cold to the mysterious handprint and the unexplainable scratches, all elements of a narrative that defies rational explanation. I offer this story to you, not as definitive proof of the paranormal, but as a first-hand account of events that I cannot rationalize away. Perhaps among your listeners are those who have experienced similar phenomena or experts who might shed light on what happened to me. Thank you for taking the time to read this. Should you choose to share my story on your podcast, perhaps others will come forward with their own eerie experiences, guiding us all a step closer to understanding these unexplained mysteries. Dear podcast, I'm reaching out with a story that's been weighing heavily on me, something that's both personal and unsettling. It began when my family, my dad, sister, brother, and I, moved into an apartment in Algona, Washington. I'm just 16, trying to navigate life in the newness of our home. 
My sister and I share a bedroom, a small space that we've tried to make our own amidst the boxes still unpacked and walls waiting for a touch of paint. One evening, as the shadows stretched long across our room, my sister shared a secret that sent chills down my spine. She claimed to hold the knowledge of contacting the deceased, a concept that both frightened and intrigued me. Out of a blend of curiosity and skepticism, I proposed we reach out to our great-grandmother, who passed away in 2001. We sat across from each other on the cold floor, our hands joined, forming a chain of flesh and bone. In the dim light, we called out to her spirit with questions heavy on our hearts. Are you at peace? Are you disappointed in us? Are you in heaven? Are you happy? The replies we sensed were unsettling. Disappointment wasn't in her spirit, but peace, happiness, and heaven seemed far from her reach. She was bound to the earth, seemingly with the purpose of watching over our family. Since settling into this apartment, an inexplicable unease has haunted me. I feel an ever-present gaze, a sense of being watched by something unseen. This sensation keeps me perpetually on edge, as if I'm waiting for something to leap from the shadows. My sister, too, felt a disquieting change in the air that night. She insisted we break the chain of hands, her eyes wide with fear. As we did so, the room seemed to grow colder, as if we'd invited something sinister into our midst. We sat there for what felt like an eternity, surrounded by light as if it were a shield against the dark. But eventually, sleep called to us, and we had to face the night. We turned off the lights and huddled under our blankets, hoping for rest. Yet that malevolent presence returned, stronger and more menacing than before. My eyes shut tight. I prayed for it to be a trick of the mind, until a vision seared itself into my thoughts. A tall shadow loomed near my bed, its gaze fixed upon us with an intensity that felt like malice made manifest. My voice trembled as I asked my sister to turn on the light. She refused paralyzed by fear, and certain that what we faced was no mere spirit, but something far more dangerous. We resorted to the only defense we knew, prayer. The words of the Lord's Prayer filled the room, mixed with tongues we didn't know we could speak. Slowly, steadily, the oppressive feeling began to dissipate until we felt safe enough to let light flood our room once more. Days have passed since that terrifying encounter, Yet I still feel its echoes, a subtle reminder that not all was well that night. The presence lingers like a shadow at the edge of my vision, or a whisper just beyond hearing. This experience has left me questioning everything I thought I knew about the world beyond our own. If you choose to share this story, perhaps others will find solace in knowing they aren't alone in their encounters, or will offer insight into what happened to us that night. Our home, nestled on the tranquil farmland my husband once roamed as a child, stands as a testament to our dreams and efforts. Despite its newness, the walls of our abode are lined with antiques, each with its own silent history. This setting became the backdrop of our tale, a narrative that has woven itself into the very fabric of our family life, particularly affecting my youngest son. At the tender age of seven, 
he began to share his encounters with entities unseen by the rest of us. His visions were not limited to the confines of our house. They followed him to places as mundane as the local grocery store or as lively as the hockey rink. He described these apparitions in vivid detail, including their colors, the ethereal blue of the child spirits, the foreboding black of faceless figures, and a select few that appeared as real as any living person. One spirit, a tall, bald man exuding an aura of malevolence, seemed to have taken residence in our upstairs bedrooms. This being, unlike the others, tormented my son to tears, especially at night. To escape his presence, we moved my son's bedroom, but even this measure offered only temporary respite. Our son would often seek refuge in our bed, haunted by the specter that stood by our door, a sight that filled him with unspeakable terror. His experiences extended beyond humans. He claimed to see animal spirits as well. A playful little girl ghost engaged him in a haunting game of hide-and-seek, while darker figures tried to intimidate him. Their presence was so overwhelming that he vowed never to sleep in his old room again, a space now crowded with unseen visitors. A chilling incident occurred when he ran downstairs in distress, convinced that an invisible entity had spat on him. It was clear that his interactions with these spirits were not merely visual, but also physical at times. In his new room, the atmosphere felt lighter, more peaceful, yet even there, the supernatural followed. He reported seeing ghosts behind his bookshelf and an old bald spirit that would taunt him through his Spider-Man web decoration. As a family, we were no strangers to otherworldly occurrences. In our previous home, my eldest son had imaginary friends and recounted details about the deceased former owner that we later confirmed to be accurate. Though my oldest now dismisses such notions, my youngest is consumed by his spectral visitors who seem desperate to communicate something beyond our understanding. The most poignant moment came when my nephew's spirit, who passed away in 2000, appeared in that familiar see-through blue and seemed to ward off the menacing bald man. This particular event left us pondering the significance of these spectral hues. We're reaching out for understanding, for knowledge about what these colors represent, the blue, the gray, and once seen but no longer present gold. Such insights could be a key to helping my son and understanding these forces that have become an all too real part of his world. Determined to find answers and solace for our boy, we plan to contact a local radio station known for delving into the supernatural. We hope they can shed light on this enigma and help restore peace to our young son's life. Dear podcast, the tale I'm about to recount is not of my own experience, but that of Ted, a childhood friend whose encounter with the inexplicable has lingered in my memory, refusing to be forgotten. I trust this account will enthrall your listeners as it once did a gathering of wide-eyed friends huddled around a flickering campfire. Nearly three decades have elapsed since Ted, then a boy on the brink of adolescence, aged somewhere between 10 and 13, was thrust into an encounter with the otherworldly. It was during this tender period that his family owned a modest abode by Lake Isabella, a man-made marvel in a serene little town, embraced by the untamed wilderness. 
The lake, a jewel among landscapes, was renowned in our locale for its tranquil beauty and the mysteries it cradled in its depths. Ted's family would retreat to their lakeside sanctuary once or twice each month, the visits confined to fleeting weekends. But when their backs were turned and their presence elsewhere, the house stood alone, save for the unseen. On one such weekend, while the summer air hummed with the distant laughter of vacationers and the scent of pine whispered through open windows, Ted found himself a solitary occupant. His parents, seeking the camaraderie of their neighbors a few doors away, left him to his own devices. As dusk crept over the horizon and draped the day in shades of twilight, Ted lounged on the living room couch. The television's glow cast flickering shadows that danced across the walls, and there he lay, ensconced in the familiar comfort of his temporary domain. It was then, in a moment as fleeting as a breath, that a peculiar glow caught the corner of his eye. An eerie luminescence seeping from the hallway leading to his parents' bedroom. Ted described it with a shiver. It was as if the bed itself emanated an ethereal light, an aura of unknown origin that beckoned his gaze. The chill of fear that clings to the spine in moments of uncertainty gripped him then. Yet propelled by a courage he couldn't quite comprehend, a foolhardy bravery that youth often wear like armor, he bellowed into the stillness of the house. Whatever you are, get the hell out of our house. His voice was a defiant cry against the silence. Ted recounted no shape or form that could explain that sudden illumination. Instead, he felt it, an entity, an energy, surging towards him with a force that defied logic. A sensation not unlike electricity crackled through the air, and before he could muster another breath, an invisible hand seemed to seize him. He was lifted from his comfortable nest on the couch, as if he weighed no more than a feather, and then hurled with great force. His body collided with the wall behind the couch, before crumpling to the floor, a heap of boyish limbs and burgeoning terror. There Ted lay motionless, ensnared in a web of fear so potent it paralyzed him. Moments stretched into eternity until courage, or perhaps it was desperation, whispered for him to move. He scrambled back onto the couch, sought refuge under a blanket's meager protection, and waited. Waited for the return of his parents, for normalcy to seep back into the world. The strange glow did not visit Ted again, nor did he feel that sinister presence lurking in the shadows. But what occurred that night has remained etched in our minds. As I relayed this baffling story to him, I offered my humble theory. Perhaps a djinn had claimed his family's seldom inhabited abode as its own. Such beings are said to dwell in places forgotten by time and human touch. This story has lived within me for years, growing with each retelling. I hope that in sharing it with you and your audience, it finds new life and continues to provoke wonder and curiosity. Take care and may blessings be abundant upon you all. Dear Podcast, In the fall of 2006, a remarkable experience unfolded when my son, only nine at the time, and I took a trip with my close friend Chris to Los Angeles. The purpose was mundane 
Chris needed to collect a visa for an international journey. Our errand was brief, leaving us with hours to spare. We opted for an impromptu adventure, guided by the GPS in Chris's rental, which led us to consider the Long Beach Aquarium. Yet upon glimpsing the Queen Mary's grandeur from afar, I promptly abandoned our initial plan. The ship's haunting lore, known to me through a documentary, beckoned us to explore. The Queen Mary wasn't just an attraction, it was a unique hotel. Entering the lobby, we found ourselves in the midst of its history. It was Thursday, and our timing aligned with the paranormal shipwalk tour. Despite the late 8 p.m. start, we were enticed by the tour's allure and decided to stay overnight. Each ticket was $50, but the promise of a detailed two-hour tour seemed justified for the cost. As we were unprepared for an overnight stay, we ventured into Long Beach for essentials and dined at Bubba Gump Shrimp Factory before returning to check into our room. The tour awaited us, led by Erica Frost, our paranormal host, a psychic since surviving a near-death experience. Our group was modest in number but diverse. My son was the youngest among 15 participants. We were each equipped with a flashlight and compass. I, fortunately, had brought my digital camera along. Early in the tour, I experienced a vivid mental image of a cafeteria in what was now a storage room. Ms. Frost confirmed its past function shortly after, sending chills down my spine. We later entered a room where whispers of help me could be heard if one listened closely. The mechanical voices were omnipresent within that space. Miss Frost indicated that such nights were rare when the ship became audibly alive. The tour's climax was in the first-class swimming pool area, notorious for paranormal occurrences. Tragic tales of spirits like young Jackie haunted these spaces, and I even witnessed eerie shadows on their live ghost cam from home. Here I volunteered for an experiment with divining rods after no one else stepped forward. Ms. Frost sought to communicate with Jackie, and while initially unresponsive, the divining rods began to move following my son's excited calls to the playful spirit. The sensation was indescribable, like being enveloped by fluttering butterflies or a warm gust of wind. The rods spun uncontrollably as I stood there, transfixed. Though others tried, none could replicate the interaction with the divining rods after me. However, all our compasses behaved erratically during another session. Photographs taken during the tour revealed mysterious ORBs. Some images had them, others taken immediately after did not. While some argue these are merely dust particles reflecting light from a camera flash, I remain intrigued by their inconsistent appearance. After the tour, back in our room, my son and I were startled by loud bangs from within the closet and atop the dresser, both unexplained occurrences that disturbed our prayers. Though nothing more happened that night, I dreamed of Jackie inviting me to play. My final morning photos captured an orb hovering above our bed. In retrospect, this paranormal exploration delivered more than I could have anticipated. It was an adventure worth every penny. Well, my dear friends, we've reached the end of yet another winding path. As the evening knits the night, drawing its comforting darkness around us, we must part ways. For now.
You've traveled with me through unsettling alleyways of thought, and I hope our journey together has both enthralled and enchanted you, like a spider's web capturing the moonlight in its delicate dew-drenched threads. Until we meet again beneath the gossamer glow of the next moon, I urge you to keep your hearts open, your minds sharp, and your spirits daring. Remember, no star is ever out of reach and no mystery is ever too daunting to seek. This is your humble grandpa turning the last page of our Ebonbound book for now. May your dreams be wistful, my friends. Farewell from Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast, and tread softly into the night.